0: hello guys welcome again to another episode of the arseholics as always thank you so much for tuning in for listening in uh we really really do appreciate it um if you could please support the channel by liking the youtube video or if you're listening on a podcast platform please uh, hit the thumbs up button on that as well or give us a rating we we do appreciate it um Raj, Aaron, how are you doing? Good,
1: good yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Do we ask? Uh, you, do we? Do we ask you that enough?
0: Not in the podcast, but yeah, privately.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I know, you, I know awesome. you care. But yeah. if, I listen, if, if, if the listeners want to know, we should probably ask you. So, like, let's just make sure we do it, Aaron. So, you know, Mize.
2: <laughs> how are you? Yeah. How, how are things, mate? How are you? <laughs> things, are, things
0: are good things are good um
2: but um also if if you're not good are you really going to say on the podcast n-
0: no probably not to be <laughs> yeah. it's only if it's arsenal related stuff that you guys will <laughs> yeah. realise like that as as you probably saw in our last last uh yeah. episode we were all miserable but um should we,
2: should we apologize should we apologize for that episode <laughs> Do you, you own.
0: can if you want <laughs> you
2: will know, be honest like
1: i know we yeah. said it was rubbish we did i know i know my mate kish will listen to this because he listens to all the episodes he said it was our best one yet yeah? What? And I said, "Mate." I was what? like, "How?" I was like, "No way." Was it our best one? I was like, "We genuinely felt bad about putting that content out." And he was like, "No, so no, no." He was like, he, he was like, man? "No, no, he's a Crystal Palace fan." You met him. We went to Palace. I know I Austin. know that, but I was just yeah. asking. All oh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no. interesting. Okay. Yeah, he said it was our best mm. one.
2: Okay. Well, uh, in which case we don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> <Get on
0: that. laughs> um, all right, guys. Yeah, so it's been a another busy week on the football front really hasn't it um the fallout from the super league Spurs <laughs> losing a, a cup final and having another trophyless season which we all love to see um Thierry Henry being inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame one, one of the first two players or uh, alongside Alan Shearer being the first place to 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 do that um which was nice and uh Balogun signing a new contract which was obviously in discussions and um uh, talk about that for for a while now so despite all of that going on we've got a game on Thursday we've got an absolutely massive game on Thursday a um, season defining tie Villarreal first leg of the Europa League semi-finals coming up against Emory again well not again but coming up against Emery um, I am very very nervous about this um, and the nerves are starting to kick in uh, a couple of days prior to the game I don't know how you guys are feeling about it
2: yeah yeah it's it's such a big game. Like it's one of those where on paper it's a game we should deal with comfortably, but because it's us, like we could all all three results are possible. It's it's one of those where we could win five nil, but we could also lose five nil on aggregate. Um and we just have no idea what's gonna happen. So yeah. Like it's I mean I say it all the time, season defining you know, three games to get into the Champions League. Technically, we, you know, Raj, I saw you put a tweet out. We don't even need to win all three of those games. <laughs> yes, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like... We can, uh, uh, can
1: technically draw all three of them. Draw all three. Draw yeah. three. Actually, I did, I, you know, I got that wrong in my tweet then because I said, technically, we can win one on draw two. But no, we can actually no. draw all of them and go... You in- can even lose one,
0: win one. Well, yeah,
1: basically, yeah. <laughs> lose,
0: lose one, yeah. win one and draw one and still win it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I like, and the thing is, everything is written. Like the script is written for us to get knocked out by Unai Emery. Yeah, like you know, it's the whole. It's just, it's just set up. It's his competition. It's the club he got sacked from. It things aren't going very well. This is like you're on the mat, and someone comes with a fucking knockout, like stamp on the head. That is what is written to happen. But the thing is, what I've noticed with us is the things that are always written to happen, the things that like in theory are part of a script just don't happen from the positive or the negative. We almost just seem to, you know, not like to follow a script. So hopefully based on
2: that, we do okay. Wouldn't it be nice if we just, you know, won the first leg 2-0 and then won the second leg (laughs) (laughs) 2-0? And and there was no drama, (laughs) no stress. And then we will get to the final. We win that two 0 and everything's golden. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. But no. well, you said that in the last game, didn't you? You're like
1: when we when we won uh, our away leg in the last round. I remember you saying like the nicest thing about it, how we just like made the game a non-issue and it, like it was just no drama. It was just it was just done. And <laughs> you're completely right. We just because we don't we don't really like to do that
2: at the moment, do we? No, we like to make it I mean, as, thing- as possible.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with this team, right? We just, it's very hard to, it's basically just hard to predict, isn't it? You don't know what you're going to get um, with this Arsenal team at the moment. And that's the thing that's making me really nervous. Um, we could easily go, like you said, Aaron, and we could we could go there and, and win quite comfortably, or it could be completely the opposite. And we could capitulate. Um, I mean, in terms of our team for the game, um, how we expect to set up, I know that so we've obviously been struggling with injuries. I haven't really seen much news on anyone coming back. I know uh, Aubameyang Yang's apparently quite close. Is that right? And there's touch and go for Lacazette, but I'd be surprised if he's back considering it was it was a it was kind of a, a bad one. It looked like it's a couple of weeks or a few weeks. Um, but yeah, do, do you guys know kind of like in terms of the striker situation, uh, was, especially?
2: I did see a story that there was a chance David Luiz might be back. Um, no way. Apparently he is, yeah, back sooner than expected. But I mean, it seems a bit unlikely that he will yeah. go straight back in and start of the game. And maybe Thursday is a bit too soon. But no, I think we just have to. The striker situation is key. We kind of have to hope that Aubameyang is fit. If not, yeah, we've got a decision to make. We discussed it last time. But see, they're going to be Eddie or maybe even Martinelli. Mm. I mean, they are Villarreal, are
1: the polar opposite of where we are in that respect, right? They have one player who scores all of their goals. <laughs> you know, they've got their key striker, and that feels like it's just the opposite for us going into this. And it's, um, I don't, and I don't think. I was wondering, like Mize, you know, whether Balogun signing his new contract will that mean anything? Could that spring a surprise in selection? Um, mm. But, uh, but no, and 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 I just. I'm a bit worried because I, I think we discussed in the last pod that if Martinelli had played up front against Everton, then I think that would have indicated that he would play up front on on Thursday. But the fact he didn't, yeah, like it, it probably does mean that he's going to start Eddie, and that doesn't fill me with confidence right now.
0: No, the thing the thing with Eddie is he 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 needs to be in a team that's creating chances, right? You know, that's his, obviously his quality, his strength is finishing in in the box. And we're not a team that does that, or we haven't been really. Um, like I said, very, very inconsistent. There's been a certain games here and there where we've looked really good going forward. But if you look at the whole, look at the season as a whole, it's been pretty poor. Um, I don't know if that, and, and, and the fact that Erdegaard's out again, I don't know if he's potentially back or not um, for third. He came on, but, he
1: came on the other day for a few minutes, didn't he? Against Everton, yeah. he came it's on. He like, like, was on for like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, he yeah, could, I forgot Max. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that, actually. Um, but yeah, in terms of Nketiah, I, um, I I agree with you, Raj. I'd be quite worried if we're kind of putting all our hopes on him. Um, I, I, it's one of these things, isn't it? If it's a game where there's chances and we have that, you know, we seem to click in the final third and we have that edge and that final ball, that cutting edge and that final ball, then I would feel like he could potentially have quite a good game. If, you know, he gets two or three chances, you'd kind of put some money put your money on him to take one. But the the game the other day, he didn't really have very much, you know, he didn't didn't really get many touches. He didn't really have much influence on the game because because the chances were not there. And obviously Martinelli offers you so much more. As we've discussed, we've, we've talked about this, right? Um yeah. but yeah, so we don't so we don't know for Bamiang's back. Um I think with the Balogun thing or Balogun, um I mean my thoughts are he's likely to be on the bench right because we could name a huge bench for the Europa League. Is that right? Hmm. So I guess he's yeah. going to be on the squad. He's going to be on the bench. He's obviously training with the first team. There was pictures and videos of that this week after he signed the contract. So potentially, I mean, I can't see him starting. Can you guys, you can't see him starting, right? Okay. No. Yeah. So maybe off great. the bench, possibly if we're like really lacking in options. Um, what do you guys think in terms of a uh, front four as a whole? And also the Jacker experiment at left back, um, like just generally, how do you think Arteta might go into this one? In the other positions,
2: mm. yeah, the left back one is interesting because they've got uh, so like I was reading up on Villarreal and their their right winger, it's Nigerian guy called Chuk Chukwezi? I can't I can't pronounce it. He um, is quite a pacey, tricky winger on the right, and obviously if he's going to be up against Granit Xhaka. We saw, and like you said, Mize, on um, on a Saturday or Friday even when we played Everton, um, you know, you don't want to be leaving Jacker one-on-one with any sort of winger, let alone someone who is quite pacey and tricky to deal with. So, you know, based on that, I do wonder if he might switch back and, you know, Again, we've discussed this before, but I think there is merit in both methods, right? You, mm. you either have the defensive solidity and because we're away from home, I wonder if he might just go for the more cautious option of someone like Cedric. Or even dare I say play Saka out there.
1: I know that I think he's gonna go with Shaka at the back again. Um I think he'll still look at Everton, the Everton game and go, Look, full fullbacks get beaten all the time. Like even good full fullbacks in a game get beaten. And um Xhaka We've all. Well, I think we've all agreed that it's not really. No one's saying Jack is a very good fullback, but there's a system that's being played to try and protect him. And I guess he'll still look at it and go, "He was very rarely got at." Like, and so the system in theory worked for the most part. And you know, yes, it was a Leno Howler, but I think he might look at that still and go, "My system works." You know, overall. So even if this right winger that they've got is. Probably the best right winger that will have Xhaka will have come across. Hopefully, the system can protect him, and um, and and hopefully uh, we get the best attacking potential out of this system, like we have seen in some of our games recently. I think what will concern him more, to be honest, guys, is that we were so bad against Everton and arguably Fulham. Like even from an attacking potential he might look at it and go well actually this system that i thought was getting me lots of goals and getting me lots of attacking potential hasn't quite been doing that over the last couple of games so do i need to change it for that reason Mm -hmm. you know that that, that's that that's partly you know what what i think i think the other the other thing is like we know what arteta has been like in some of these games he's very cautious like for for large parts of the first half and so I think the way that that formation is set up, it's quite, it's been quite good going on the front foot quite early. So there's a lot of thinking that he has to do. I think Arteta will be really feeling the pressure because he's going against a black belt Europa knockout manager, isn't he? Like <laughs> uh, An absolute black belt. So it'll be really interesting to, to try and understand what's going on in Arteta's head. And I, I hope that he doesn't overthink it. And the fact is Villarreal are seventh uh and they've actually not been doing very well recently um they've only lost 8 games in in the league this season but they've lost 3 of them in the last 5 games um so that you know they're not they're not doing great um it looks like potentially they've had their eye on the europa league as well um but they are hugely reliant on their attacking potential with from from Moreno so uh if we can do do a job on that, if we can really maintain that, I think that Arteta just has to have a plan to be able to nullify him and and just you know get our guys playing positively, like we saw in the in the last knockout round, second leg. Mm. You
2: know, no, mm. yeah, it'll be. It's often one of those where we are. I kind of feel like if we actually assert ourselves on the game, we are the better team. We know we're the better team, but. With Arteta, I just feel like he doesn't believe that we're the better team sometimes, and um, it often we often play a lot more of a cautious game than needed.
0: Okay, guys. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of your predictions, then, how do you think the game's going to go? No go will
1: go to you first. Do we have to explain why he's called no <laughs> yeah, go? Because
2: we sometimes just yeah. call him yeah, no go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, have they? So, I mean, a few people have asked me, and I've had to explain it. And then I know, just sound like an idiot.
0: Such a random thing, isn't it? It's so <laughs> random. I think, Raj, you're probably best off explaining it because I think is, it, Was it you that came up with
1: it? I think it I was. can't remember, but it's one of those random things that it, it's not even that interesting, but it just, it's one of those things that sticks. But effectively, as most people will probably imagine, we had Yaya Sonogo. And I think one day I called Arunan, Arunanogo. <laughs> and then that became Arunogo. <laughs> And then I missed that. I missed that. Period. You miss that evolution. It was a very brief evolution. Yeah. yeah, like it was just maybe a day's worth of evolution. And I then think, I think it was really... Go on, go on. Carry on, go on. Yeah, and then one day it just became no go, and no go stuck, and so we intermittently just call Aaron and Go.
0: It might. It might. I was thinking it was the game. It might have been the game because I think we all went to this game when um, he started really surprisingly against Bayern Munich. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Right oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure. I think it might have been that game. Like, we were just, yeah, because he's died. Maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. It would make sense. Ah, what a player. Uh, Wait, he's playing. What a player. <laughs> he's like, he's a journeyman journey in the Football League now, isn't he? Like he's Yeah. I saw he missed a now? penalty a few
1: months ago. That was devastating. I think it his first game, he missed a penalty. I've got, I, I want to say Portsmouth. Is it Portsmouth? Maybe. Is someone I feel like,
2: like Portsmouth? Quickly, Google it. Uh
1: uh, no. that's like something like some of our boys are doing some fantastic things all over the world like isn't like um alex song isn't he just won the championship at some random i, I want to say it's in the middle east for like some club who's not he's the captain and they've never won the league and like he's, ca- and like, he's like a hero there
2: fair enough yeah um
0: I see a lot about Kozula, kazola because he's all he's this... Uh, quality,
2: he? Saudi Arabia, isn't
0: he? Yeah, taking, was it penalties or free kicks with both, with either foot? And yeah, he's had a really good season, apparently.
2: Kozula's one of those players that even at, like, 45 or 50, is still going to be better than, yeah. like, the an average 25-year-old. Yeah. Because he can just ping a pass wherever he wants on the pitch. Uh, yeah, but Yaya is currently at Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah. that. <laughs> it's like they, I feel
1: so sorry it's like they got rid of ESR and they got of uh, yeah yes and no go oh fantastic <laughs>
0: right
2: right so no prediction
0: think it's go- yeah how do you think this one's going to go in prediction yeah
2: um I I think we will win I think we will win 2-1 on the night Okay. Oh wow. Raj. Uh I think it's
1: gonna be two two.
0: So you think we're you guys both think we're gonna score a couple of goals there. I, interesting.
1: Do you know what mate?
2: Like, With no like,
0: striker, <laughs> potentially.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, um yeah, I kind of feel like two legged ties we seem to ra we seem to have developed this habit of raising our game in those big moments where the in the cups in the FA Cup last year the second leg in the last round and maybe the fact that we are away from home and we you know, if we get a couple of away goals yeah you know, depending on the result those two goals could be quite useful um and I just feel like it might push Arteta to be a little bit more aggressive but yeah you know, now I say it when has Arteta ever been aggressive so you know, <laughs> could be completely wrong I feel really it's
1: just the players, if they are human in any way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surely they look at this and go, we've been so rubbish in the league. We've been a car crash, like worst in in like Arsenal memory type thing. But we could play in the Champions League if we just get through the semifinals and a final. And it's not insurmountable in any way. Like Villarreal are not Bayern Munich we really really can do this and you just hope that they'll go this is a massive get out of jail clause get out of jail free clause do you know what i mean like it's just uh and i and i just hope that takes them through that takes them to playing at 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 that level where look on paper we've got better players than they have right that's not me being arrogant we we, got Cockerland plays for them yeah like <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like we've got better players than they have, and it's just about our players playing to their potential and Arteta setting us up you uh, know up in a way where they can release their potential. And um yeah, God, come on, like we've got to do this, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite weird that we have that dynamic where in our worst season in living memory in terms of the league, we could achieve and do air quotes here more than we have done in the last 10 years in terms of bringing the club forward Mm. such as uh such as a gamble of the europe the the stakes of the europa league the mighty europa league (laughs) yeah completely agree completely agree so yeah yeah so what about you Miles? what do you think
0: yeah um i i think i mean i was just looking at their kind of how they've done this season. they draw a lot of games. I know I know you can't really apply how they do in the league to, to Europe, but they do draw a lot of games. I think they've drawn like thirteen games in the league. And I feel like Arteta would probably settle for like a score draw if it if it gets to that point. Um so I think it's going to be a kinda of like a one one game. I'm going for one one. Um assuming that Aubameyang and Lacazette are both out, I don't we don't know, but assuming they are then I think I feel like we might struggle for goals as well if if Inketia starts. Um so, yeah, I could I could see us potentially getting a goal and, yeah, like a 1-1 and then Arteta, you know, making the subs to shore that up, which is not a bad result, to be fair. You know, it's not a bad result at all away from home. Um, but, yeah, that's where I think it's going to go. Uh,
2: do you guys remember? I'm not sure if it was under Emery or under Arteta, where we went through a period of, like, just drawing every single game. <laughs> and we had a lot of nil-nils and 1-1s. And I mean, that was under Emery, right? I think so. Where we just drew, so wasn't
0: it? Was it during the unbeaten run? Like you had a twenty-something unbeaten run when there are loads of draws in that, or was that not it? I it can't was, remember.
2: It might have been that, but I just remember like so many games where we just drew, and we were cool with it because we were like, "Oh, we're progressing as a team. These draws are fine." <laughs> um, but yeah, no. When you said that, mine is about yeah how Emory loves a draw. I think that's very valid.
0: Yeah, Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed, though. Yeah, let's just hope it's not a disaster result. We've got it all to in the second leg. Um, All right, guys. Well, apart from the game uh, coming up, there's obviously been loads of talk this week about um, the Cronkies, you know, following the Super League kind of debacle and the protest, and um, obviously talk of a a takeover. Daniel Eck, I think it's pronounced. CEO of Spotify has has obviously come out, and everyone everyone knows about this. I'm not going to kind of repeat what we what we all know, but yeah, it's obviously a really really interest. It's a really interesting time um, for Arsenal. It's going to be really interesting to see if this actually materializes into um into a into something kind of tangible in terms of an actual takeover, uh, a bid, basically. Obviously, he's potentially. Um, <laughs> getting uh Henri Vieira and Burkamp to kind of to back him um as well uh as a part as part of a kind of a takeover team I mean there's so many things we could talk about this but I mean yeah I mean let's just let's just chat you know what what, what do you guys think about about this whole story do you think it do you think it's a, a, a real it's possibly a real something that could actually happen or do you think it's more a, a bit of a PR stunt for for Spotify um I thought <clears throat> I saw their share price went up. I think sort of nine percent or so since this news broke on did it. Friday, or not the news broke. Sorry, since he sent that tweet out, I think so. I think it's gone up sort of a, a decent amount, and obviously they've just announced a price rise as well uh, for their subscribers. So is this a bit of a, a PR ploy, or is it? Do you think it's more than that?
2: Um, well, to answer your main question, do I think it's going to happen? I'm ninety nine percent sure it's not. I, regardless of who rocks up, I don't think. Stan Kroenke is going to sell because I I don't know why he doesn't want to sell but I just think he seems very resolute that he doesn't want to sell and he sees this club as a way to either fund his wider business interests but or you know he wants to develop this business in a way that is beneficial to him somehow and I think holding and owning Arsenal football club for whatever reason, is beneficial to Stan Kroenke. So I think the only reason and the only way he sells is if he gets a ridiculous valuation and someone buys it off him for, you know, a lot more so he can make a significant profit. How much do you think, how much
1: do you think is a lot more?
2: I don't, I don't know. I don't, honestly I have no idea. Like I think we're in valuations that yeah, Kroenke paid like a billion for the club altogether or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, personally, if I'm going to make a £1 billion profit, I'll do it. But yeah, maybe... <laughs> That's where I was going with that, yeah. Yeah, but I, I have no idea. Like, I don't have no idea how these things work in terms of like, at what point do you sell a football club. But I, I think in terms of do I want it to happen, it's raised a really interesting question, which is basically what is a good owner of a football club? Um, is it someone who has, who takes, the, who wants to take the club forward? In a and you know, in that case, you can probably say most owners of the club of, of the clubs in the Premier League are good owners because they all want to take their club forward, right, but it's a question of how do you take that club forward um you know some fans will probably say, well, we want an owner who's going to go and bid and give us two hundred million quid to spend in the summer transfer window um a there are very few owners that will do that unless we're talking like the richest of the rich. I don't think this uh Spotify co-founder, it doesn't seem to have that kind of money, um, but for me, that's that's okay because I think I just want someone when I when I know that a fan of Arsenal Football Club is running the club. For me, that's a marginal, a significant improvement over what we have. Even if he doesn't bring, you know, an extra hundred million to the transfer budget every year, that that's okay with me. That's fine, um, as long as he runs the club in the best way in the best way within his means that's cool Um, but I know a lot of fans will be pretty unhappy with that I think a lot of fans nowadays would say we want to compete with Chelsea and City and we want money and you know look you look at the Super League protests I didn't see any massive protests at Abramovich to sell Chelsea I didn't see any protests for City fans for the the guys from Abu Dhabi to sell um, Man City because they were like, well, no, we like these owners because they're investing money, and I, I don't see any owner of Arsenal, unless we get super lucky, who, being a fan of Arsenal and also investing that money.
1: Yeah, actually, so I don't agree necessarily with a lot of the stuff that you said initially, but I, but I, that might be a little bit more from hope than anything else. Like uh, what I mean is, I mean, I, th- I think you sort of said it yourself. You're like, you don't think Wonky will sell, but. But you're not sure almost why he wouldn't sell in in, in some respects, right? Like, mm. um, and I think it is important to think about that because when I when I started reflecting to think about why did Kroenke own Arsenal in the first place, what was he trying to do with it, et cetera, The whole Super League thing suddenly made lots of sense. It was kind of like, okay, could this genuinely have been something which a lot of these American owners have got together? Their mates, we talked about this last time. They've said, look, at some point this is possible and we're going to make an absolute killing like it's going to be revolutionary going to take, you know and that was end game for him right that's what he wanted to happen and it was about maintaining value of the club until that point he, there's no interest in him like throwing money in none of that it was about getting to that point where that could happen now firstly like let's just assume now because of what what has just happened over the last couple of weeks suddenly the european super league is off the cards at least for you know the next few years stan might be looking at that and going okay well actually like i really really wanted that to happen and now i'm not really sure arsenal is my best investment for my money like i'm not really sure if it's the best place for my money to be then if you add to that the fact little things like some of it is about if you want to sell a club or if you don't really you know, if you're agnostic to it, part of it is around timing of the sale, right? Y- you kind of have to look for a good time to sell. And I think the Biden administration's announcement of capital gains tax going up from 2022 is quite interesting because that surely, like, if he was to sell the club in two years or three years, he'd have a much, much bigger tax bill than if he sells w- within, like, you know, before that happens in 2022. So, little things like that, I think you know he might look at and go, all right, if I do get an offer that's gonna make me a billion pounds richer than I, than I was when I you know bought it was a billion pound profit, I'd rather pay like
2: way less tax on it. Um but also, is who's gonna really bid double what a club is worth, right? So I don't know how much Arsenal' is worth now. I don't know how you value a football club, but is any billionaire really going to be like, I really, really want to own Arsenal Football Club. I'm prepared to pay £1 billion over its value or double whatever the value is. I just don't see that transaction ever being
1: realistic. But this is where the the point that you made towards the end, I think, you know, about – so – this isn't just any billionaire we're talking about, right? This isn't just some random cuz I, you know, I agree I agree with that point generally. What I'm sort of hoping with this, in a similar way to, you know, Abramovich bought Chelsea, this wasn't a financial investment. This wasn't a good idea. He's like, I want to buy a football club and I just want to like have some fun. And he bought Chelsea. He wasn't a fan before. He became a massive fan. He's clearly a fan. He loves that club. Which is why the fans connect to him. He's there the whole time. Like we've got a situation where you've got a self-made billionaire who's just a massive intellectual, like clearly the guy is so, so, so bright. Even before, like, you know, Miles and I were, t- were talking about it before, even before he made, before he started Spotify, he was already loaded from lots of other things that he had done. All self-made, right? And this guy is like a, just a true talent. He's also someone who, you know, apparently at various points in his life has said, like actually, uh, I'm sick of this kind of like high flying lifestyle. I'm going to go live in the countryside, do something very random. Like I think his relationship with money might be slightly different to what the old money cronky kind of thing is, and he may genuinely be looking at this going, "I'm I'm an Arsenal fan." Like he genuinely seems like a real Arsenal fan. Like yeah. maybe this is the next thing for me. Like maybe this is the next adventure for me. Like maybe he backs his intellect to go. I can run this football club and make it super successful in a way that
2: other people can't because I'm really bloody clever. Like you probably could. I think I agree with you on that. I yeah. think I look at most football owners, I look at most people in and around football and I don't see one thing I don't see is intelligently run football clubs. Yeah. Um so I think from a a talent point of view, would he be a good owner? Yeah, I think so. Um but would he? Is he? Is, are the circumstances such that I can see a transaction happening? No, I can't see. Look, I know Kronky's put out the statement said we're not going to sell. He's obviously not going to put out a statement saying, "Yeah, we're going to sell." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, look, I don't know him personally, but I don't think. I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's going to sell. It's just my gut instinct, and I could be wrong. Um, and I don't see why. If this guy is Daniel Ek, if he is intelligent, is he really going to pay over the odds for a football club just because he loves Arsenal? And B, does he even have that kind of cash? I, I, I'm not sure.
0: But would you? I mean, I was just going to say. Sorry, Raj. You know, I mean, just on that first point you mentioned, Aaron, and do you not think? If you were in that position, okay, how he's going to raise the cash and how that all works. Like, I'm I'm not an expert on these things, so I don't know. I'm sure there's a way yeah. that they will find to if 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 this is a if this is a real thing. Um, but I mean, if you're in that position. As an Arsenal fan, yeah. and he and, and we're hearing that he is obviously a massive Arsenal fan. Um, you, 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 if you had the opportunity to own Arsenal or at least build a team where you could that you could put in place to to run the club, basically, but you could say, you know, I'm the I'm the owner of Arsenal Football Club. Um, would you not? Yeah. You would you would you would do it, right? Uh,
2: yeah,
0: as in, we all would, we all would.
2: You know. Yeah, but like, would you pay double the asking price for Arsenal Football Club? No, no, but but hang on,
1: but yeah. but it's worth. I mean. We're assuming that the valuation isn't... I mean, Cronky paid a billion for it, whatever, but I think the yeah. valuation of the club is, is they, they, higher I think, now.
0: I, right? I think I saw it as valued at 1.8 billion, I don't know if it's dollars or pounds, based on the final stake he purchased from Usmanov to become the majority okay. stakeholder. So based on that, I don't know how, what the percentage he purchased at the time was, but then that valued the club at 1.8 billion, billion dollars or pounds. I'm not sure. So I And that was obviously, that's been a couple of years now, hasn't it? It's been a few years, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if we've become more valuable as a club in the last few no, years. No, I don't think Maybe so. Him.
0: I would have but, said no.
2: <laughs> you know, I think I still, I think I remember reading that he's still kind of up on his investment because he's, the way he bought the shares and stuff. But you look at Usmanov, right? Usmanov was desperate to get involved with Arsenal. Um, and that guy was a rich guy. I'm sure he's potentially richer than Daniel Eck. And um, Kroenke was just like, no. And eventually Usmanov gave up and...
0: Is it not the t- timing thing that Raj was talking about? You know, potentially, Probably, potentially, yeah. it would make right. sense, wouldn't it? Um, that's a reason. And, uh, I mean, and also, like I mentioned, you know, so I, I don't know in, in what capacity this is, but Henri Burkamp, and Vieira kind of being part of this team, or I don't know what we're calling it, consortium. I'm not sure. I mean, if if this were to go ahead, right? Let's just hypothetically say he, he he's successful in a takeover. Um, are these are, the, are those three legends of the club? Are they there just as 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 kind of their names and their their reputations with the club for now, and then if the takeover takeover were to happen, that, that that you know they they would have no involvement, or do you think they'd actually have roles in the club at some some point in the hierarchy?
1: My feeling is more the former, not the latter. So my feeling is actually right now all they're thinking about immediately. Daniel X done something that Quankee never did, which is get ex-players like legends on board and immediately the PR game is just like psh, like fans fans you know yeah, yeah. whatever so I think one I think he was like look this is a good idea for me from the PR around my bid." and I think secondly I think they're there to advise him around things like listen mate this is what the club's about this is what you probably need to think about you know in order to get Arsenal to the next level this is what you need to think about from a football perspective all that kind of stuff but the reason why is I don't see them having long-term roles is like Patrick Vieira and Thierry Henry are both young in their managerial careers unless they're planning on like sacking it in and not being managers. Like what are they going to do? Like they're not going to sit on the Arsenal board or be some technical advisors or whatever. Dennis Bergkamp maybe is the one which has the most chance of doing something funky at Arsenal but you know it seems like he's just he's still really into his coaching career. So I I don't really, I'm not looking at it from the perspective. I I don't really think that they necessarily are going to be people who are going to be employed by Arsenal in the long term. I think, you know, it may be that Daniel Leck is paying them consultancy fees, right? Like almost like an advisory fee at the moment to advise him on the bid and, and be part of his bid team. That's what I think anyway.
2: Yeah. Also I would be very worried and I kind of almost look, I love these players, but I hope they go nowhere near the football side of a potential new Arsenal. Like they're not, Let's be honest, they're not really good managers. Like, Vieira and Henri have <laughs> proven themselves to be average at best managers. I think is currently unemployed, although I did see him linked to the palace, palace job at one point, right? Yeah, which is, again, very weird. Um And then Henri, he's managing in, I to say, like Canada or something. something. He's he not wants, anymore. Uh, he's done. He's unemployed.
0: Yeah,
2: He's unemployed, exactly. So, like great players but let's not put them anywhere near the football decision making process of like the day-to-day running of the club um if you need someone to be like okay well this is what the fans think then fine but you'd hope that if this guy is a fan you shouldn't really need someone like Henri or Vieira to really tell him what to do so I'd hope it is just for PR purposes and nothing more yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, this, again,
1: Daniel Eck knows all this stuff. This is the stuff that I would look at him and i go, y- you'll know exactly how to play this. Um, you know, this is a guy like, I think a few years ago, I read like Billboard magazine voted him the most powerful man in music, in music, full stop, right? This is a, a guy who knows his way around very, 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 very complex, um, environments and, and can come out on top. And, um, it sounds like he's the sort of guy that tends to get his own way. So I can imagine him being just so, so focused on getting this right and doing it, um, you know, if he is putting his heart and soul into it, and it would seem to suggest that he he is, then, um, you know, I think he's going to do everything he can to force the hand of the Cronkies. And again, I will come back to it, Ma, Like I don't know what the Cronkies have left for them anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not even massively critical about them outside of the Super League, to be honest, like I'm not, but like, if you take away the Super League promise, why are they here? Fans don't like them. Like, what do they want out of this club?
0: I mean, maybe there is, like you said, I think you said the Super League might come back around the idea of it in a couple of years, but you know, God, like we don't know, right? What they're thinking, what they're plotting, what they're scheming up essentially, Um, Mm. you know, all the, all the, all the. The, the big dogs of these these football clubs and the likes of perez etc. So who knows you know in the next six months next year next couple of years they might wait for all this to die down and and come back at, come back at it in another format which sounds like is what's going to happen and it's I guess it's you know maybe that's the reason they're going to stick around you know they're maybe confident that if they try again um, in a different with a different approach um, you know different structures, the tournament they're proposing I don't know what, what they're going to change but if they're confident that it could, they can get it through. Um, maybe that's what he's hanging on for.
2: What well, what I hope is, and this is massively optimistic, and you know, it could be wrong, but maybe now they've realized actually this shortcut of guaranteed money without making a building a competitive team is just not going to happen for the next five years. So, the only way that I'm going to increase the value of Arsenal Football Club is by spending a little bit and running it and actually giving it. More of a sense of purpose and direction because clearly we're going in the wrong direction now. Um, and maybe the super maybe he was banking on super league to say actually I don't need to invest 100 200 million quid in this squad because why should I when I'm going to get this money from the super league anyway? Mm. But now it's dead, maybe he has more of an incentive to actually invest. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I but apart from that, I I don't know why he owns us. What is it? Like, what is his motivation? Maybe it's just, maybe he just likes owning things.
1: I don't know. As I said, the ESL made sense. It, it, it it gave credence to it, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, apparently lots of people say that he sees Arsenal, Cronky see Arsenal as, you know, the, they're kind of jewel in the crown alongside the, the LA Rams kind of thing. Those are their two, two big things. And maybe that is a bit of a status thing. I, I don't know, but like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's better things Stan could do with his money, to be honest, you know, and um, like I really like, I know it's maybe it's optimistic maybe it's like a case of, okay, swapping one billionaire for another, but I love the idea of having someone who genuinely is a fan buying the club. How, how many people can say that? Like how many clubs can say that? And I, I look at Chelsea, I look at the, the fan that Roman has become. And I think you clearly know you're not going to make money out of this club. Like that, that's not even important to you. You actually just really want them to win. And you really care about your connection with the fans, and, I, and I'm I'm optimistic when I look at Daniel Ek, and I think maybe that's the kind of guy we could have, but just a really clever, really young version
2: <laughs> of Roman. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna like, no billionaire comes without baggage, right? And then you've seen the stories about Spotify and their ethical concerns with like how they pay artists. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you have to compromise somewhere. Of I'd course, rather have someone who you know, built a really cool product. And yeah, there are the downsides to that product, but I'd rather that than someone who comes from a regime accused of human rights breaches or, uh, you know, someone who built their money on oil and gas and probably through corruption and like public sector handouts or something like that. So all billionaires are bad. If it happens with this Danuette guy, I think it's probably the least worst billionaire you could get. Mm. Yeah. I'm with you, mate. But like, and no one's going to be, how is that, is
1: there a billionaire on the planet who hasn't stepped on the little guy at some point? Like, exactly. Like exactly. no way. And the only person who can afford to buy Arsenal would be a billionaire. So we're going yeah. to have to just accept that. And, uh, yeah. What's the alternative to Spotify? Like, you know, and, and the Apple music revolution. it's all illegal streaming. So, do you know what i mean like it's again like i mean there's no point getting into all that stuff but none of that none of that bothers me aaron In like and I, I think our fans if if any of our fans start coming up with that nonsense going oh he's not he's not mother Teresa," it's like mate just get over it
2: go and <laughs> go and find someone who is like yeah. yeah
1: exactly it's going to be very very interesting
0: to see what happens with that apparently there's a um he's doing a, a a talk a press conference i'm not sure if it's a press conference like an interview sorry on cnbc tomorrow i think it's actually on spotify but um likely that he's going to be asked about this or he might talk about this you know if he wants to reveal anything so yeah i guess um we'll, we'll all be watching that and keeping our eyes peeled um all right guys again really really interesting let's look forward to thursday fingers crossed for a positive result Um, And we will see everyone after the Villarreal game for our match review and reaction episode. Nice one, boys. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Bye. Bye.